For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. We're on to Richie, back to Dummett. It's decent stuff. Dummett's ball forwards, just evades Wilson. Willock wins it back. Joe Willock breaking through. Joe Willock with a chance and a goal! Of course, Joe Willock is red hot in front of goal and he's got another for Newcastle United. It's Leicester City nil, Newcastle United 1. Richie with the corner kick. Oh yes, they've scored a second. It's Paul Dummett, unbelievable. His first goal since January 2016. Leicester City nil, Newcastle United 2. Low ball towards Ricardo. Good feet, good touch, but Richie has won it back, and Wilson is making a run. And Richie with a great ball, trying to bend it around for Wilson. He's got him. Callum Wilson to make it three around Schmeichel. Wilson scores! Newcastle United 3, Leicester City 0. Callum Wilson with his first goal since January, his 11th of the season. The referee runs over the ball and it's at the feet of Almiron. Through the middle, great ball by Almiron. Callum Wilson in again, hits the post. Wilson scores with the follow-up. They've got a fourth. It looked like the chance had gone when Wilson hit the post, but it came back to him and it's Leicester City nil, Newcastle United four. Hello and welcome to episode 176 of CHN Radio. Uh, it's a big one because we scored goals and we had points and Newcastle United are safe. Everyone, We are safe uh, and we are going to bring you the safest podcast you could ever imagine because of our safety. Newcastle has achieved their top goal of this season to not get relevant. So we should celebrate as if we won the title. That's how I think. Actually, I would be way more hyped if we won the title. But um, this is this is Newcastle. We are safe in another year in the Premier League. Another 150 million pounds in Mike Ashley's pocket. Congrats to everybody involved and what a, such a compelling season it's been. Uh, we're going to talk about the big win over Leicester, the shock win over Leicester. Well, shock to most, except for somebody else who might be also on this podcast today. And then we're going to talk about some news, uh, some U team updates, all the fun stuff. Um, and then we'll preview Manchester city coming up on Friday after that. So without further ado, let's bring in the best part about this podcast. And it's, it's easily the best damn co-host in the land. Elijah Newsom. How are you? You know, I'm just excited to be here. Um, I'm excited to be alive and, and thriving. Um, and uh, most of all, I'm excited that Newcastle have scored more than three goals for the first time. And I feel like has to be maybe since our championship season. I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I, I would maybe one of the Rafa years. Well, we now we definitely scored, like we scored six against. Like, okay. Rafa. No, no, we're not talking about against league one opposition I mean, in a premier league. Seven. match. It was against seven against Morecambe. Okay. Again, in a premier league match, I don't think we've scored more than three goals in at least two seasons. Uh, more than three. We've gotten a three. It's definitely um, this year. We've definitely been scored on more than three times. If you yes, 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 yes. Uh, but yeah, this is the first one this season. I think this might be. I, honestly, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm just going to declare it. No one fact checked this. I think I'm, we're just going to trust my gut. 
I'm going to say we haven't scored more than three goals in a Premier League match since we were promoted. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, I, I I don't because think about it. We have not blown out any bottom feeder team. Like the our our I, highest scoring I, matches I, have wrong. been like three two. You're wrong. Since we've been promoted, we beat Fulham four zero. Oh yes, I forgot about that. 2018 yeah, yeah. 19, and then last year we beat Burnmouth four one. Damn it. So actually, once in each season since we've been promoted. <laughs> so we're good for one. Four. So so next year, if we score four goals goals early on, just know that's the one we get for the year. That's hey, yeah, I was about to say, and we can pick it against relegation sides, except for this year, which you did against Leicester. Um, before that, it was Hull City in 2013, Spurs in 08, and the good old 05-06 matchup against the Macombs. We beat 4-1 as well. Um, yeah, but it's just the 13th time away in the Premier League for in 497 attempts. We've done that. That was one of my stats, actually. Just trying to pull that up. So, yeah, there you go, Elijah. How do you like that? Or just the sure. four goal score in Newcastle United's. That's yeah, if this is the new norm, that's that's great. <laughs> yeah, the new norm once a year. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're let's let's dive into our uh, our match. We, I mean, it's it's going to be fantastic, and you've already heard the goals. The goals have streamed through your beautiful ears, uh, and we have even something more beautiful for you. And that's that's three words. So after every match, we ask you to come up with three words to describe the match, and you always deliver. Uh, so we'll read some of those. We have the Joe Willick Stan account. Up the Maggies, uh, run the jewels at McUltra said, wait, what happened? <laughs> Aaron um, at our, uh, yeah, Aaron said, Steve Bruce masterclass, Mr. Steel, you're worldwide. Says against all odds. S Southeast mag said, goodness gracious me. Kim Avery says, Willick scores again. Malcolm McDonald better without Hayden in all caps. Interesting little, thing there malcolm mcdonald i mean you are a tune legend so you know your your football but uh that's a good call out uh josette said better than sex so that is a thing um grass suit 68 says premier league corruption seven miles a second says let ashley sell <laughs> james whitmore <laughs> says my fucking team andrew oh. Bond is he says he wants us to know that he's so horny Okay. Hobby uh, said, "Gatuso uh, must wait." Uh, Mel, always Mel at Mel Cook. Shout out because anytime you do a gift, three words, it's it's a it's a win, um, and it's Mother of God, <laughs> which is really good. Shout out to Mel. That was a good one. Uh, Michael Forster, Kenny Goodlike. There we go. There's some. There's the slang, the British slang that we don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, don't know uh, what that means. <laughs> Lost in space, win despite Bruce. Omar, Omar Abdallah says counter-attacking nervousness. Jose says we are safe. Eric says, am I dead? Kiwi magpie, my face hurts. <laughs> uh, Malcolm McDonald submitted two other, um, but his best 
his best one was said better without Hayden. I think that's a very interesting point. Okay. Let's get into it. Uh, Luke Edwards. I mean, it's like a, Oh, he was probably on his high horse, huh? Luke, Luke Edwards literally tweeted at me and said that he's talking about players that need to be cut. And he said that um, since Isaac Hayden's been injured, Newcastle have, have, have looked much better. And I was like, Yes, that's completely ignoring the fact that Isaac Hayden got injured just as Alan St. Maxman and Callum Wilson returned. So it's like, yeah. y- y- like, it's not like mutually exclusive. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's a weird thing because I, it's like the area I wanted to talk about is more Sean Longstaffy. I mean, yeah, I think I think I think if you were to look at our midfield, like I think. Most Newcastle fans would say Isaac Hayden needs to be in that midfield simply because none of our other midfielders are adept at defending. Like Joe Willock, he could get there. I mean, he's still raw and young, and yeah. he hasn't been asked to defend. And, and we for those listeners that don't know, I've always said that Joe Willock is a great player and great defender. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, Greg actually said Joe Willock would come in and score, you know, the four most important goals of the Newcastle season. I, I, on record, you did. Know, right? yeah. Joe Willock emergency podcast and, and listen to what Greg had to say. Yeah. Um, it's only 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 back in January. Um, but but yeah, like it's It'd just, be hard to it, find. Don't worry, just trust us. Yeah. It's like we don't like we we don't have another player like Isaac Hayden. And literally, it is impossible for Newcastle to play a four in the back formation without Isaac Hayden, which I feel like says a lot. Like if he's not in the lineup, every time Newcastle run a four in the back formation, it just is is ripped apart. So I mean, again, like yeah, is Isaac Hayden a world beater? Like, is he is he a, a top class you know defensive midfielder in the prem? No, he's solid. He's good at what he's supposed to do. Sure, maybe you want to be a little bit more active offensively, but because you're hopefully surrounding him with talent that does the work for him and that can be a force offensively. He's not really asked to do much going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's certainly an interesting conversation. You have to – you cannot have the conversation, and you're correct, Elijah, cannot have the conversation with also acknowledging the timing of when Isaac Hayden went out. Uh, but uh, Newcastle is just going to have their things. <laughs> of course, our good uh, buddy Luke had no response to that, that very valid point of like – yeah, I mean, a lot of things. I mean, you also look at who Newcastle – I mean, uh, I don't know. That's a whole other thing. But like, Yeah, I got in, and we can move on. I, Luke uh, responded to me. He said something about how, you know, the Premier League is so confident in the legal suit. Like, he doesn't know why Ashley's even going for it. Like, they're so confident they're going to win. And I was just like – I mean, I've never seen anybody go into a lawsuit and be like, yeah, we're definitely losing this one. (laughs) And he responded, he was like, well, yeah, but like, and I was like, well, (laughs) I mean, mean, everyone is confident they're going to win their lawsuit or else they wouldn't be spending all the money to it. To be in yeah. it, right? <laughs> also, like, has Luke watched Law and Order? Do they not? They don't have that in the UK. Where like they don't have bull in in the UK on suits. Like you don't go into a case being like, ah, you know, this one we might not win. Everyone yeah. thinks they're gonna win. Okay, but yeah. Anyway, enough about our good pal Luke. We'll probably have him on in the Run summer the or something. Oh yeah, no, great dude. We'll have him on in the summer. Sure. Uh, anyway, let's let's hop into this this match. Yeah. So the I mean the. The biggest thing, it's it's the most it, – well, I would say it's the most unexpected result from Newcastle. Well, okay, I would say that. <laughs> Elijah would not say that since you predicted a Leicester flop in this one. 
Um, I think across the board, I can't remember what my prediction was, but it was definitely not. A, I think you said 3 0 loss. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say it wasn't a draw or a win for Newcastle. I know that. Um, I mean, this is a side, Leicester side, that's fighting Champions League qualification and needed points. Uh, it's pretty tight, tight in that side of it. And to do what we did, and that is, is honestly, it's so impressive. And, and like, we before we scored a goal, we could have arguably been up to nothing. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> it, I mean, it was it was to a point where Alan Say Maximin got the uh, I mean, got the got the old if that was Joel Linton treatment. From, oh, from my God. Out. Because, I mean, he he missed from literally two yards out. Right? I mean, you got you got to. Yeah. But like, it's also <laughs> um, I mean, Joe Willick's good. I mean, he's he's just so alert, so like he just knows where the next ball. He he has that sixth sense almost of like I know what's happening here, and I I can, he sees it. You know what they say like the successful footballer can see like three or four passes ahead. That's what I'm starting to get from him. Like er, early on when he had uh, when he caught uh, I don't know how to pronounce that that guy's name. It's like Soy Soy Kanu or Soy Soyunchu. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, Zach loves him. He caught him like Willick caught him like just messing around in possession. Willick just took it from him, and like and he knew Willick knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew exactly what Maximin was doing. He knew exactly the runs that they were going to make and played it. Um, and then and like was and we'll we'll talk about getting the goal. But it's just like I'm I'm enamored by him. Uh, but we got to that first goal and let's talk about it. Um, so it was it was like. An exchange. It was like passes between Dummy and uh, Matt Ritchie, and I'll get to a great Matt Ritchie quote later. Uh, and it was Paul Dummy was playing the ball forward into the middle of the field, and this is when that guy who we can't pronounce. So you uh, He 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 was yeah. So I'll say this is when. So you uh, Was he like was chilling and just backpedaling, and. Uh, Joe Willick just robbed him and he tucked the ball past Michael. It was so clean, so easy. So like he, he just knew what was happening. He knew where to place it. It's almost like he knew which way like Schmeichel was going to go. It's just like a clean professional goal. Like an, I'm better than you. Like don't, don't rest in your loyals with me. Cause I'll, I'll make you pay for it. And it's like that 22 minutes in it. You could easily said it could have been three, nothing lead for Newcastle. How do you think about that early start there? Joe Willick's so good. I don't know if I said that yet. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I, it, like you said, we should have been up. Like, I mean, at least, like you said, at least two nothing at that point. I think it was it was just a bit surprising how, um, I mean, I guess how much on the front foot Newcastle looked. Like they were so comfortable, which is the thing that like when when teams play Leicester, they're never comfortable, and that was always just kind of like my worry was like. You know, with a team like Leicester, Newcastle tend to struggle against teams that also like to sit back and counter, and like especially teams that are really good at counter attack. So, like, like you know, Liverpool, Leicester, Wolves, like those those matches are always like ones where you look at it and you're like, oh, this could be a rough one for Newcastle because those teams are so they're they're built to literally absorb pressure, and they're completely fine forcing Newcastle to kick the ball around and and do nothing with it. But yeah. Leicester seemed like not comfortable either way. And I think it is worth mentioning because I don't think we really went through lineups. So I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, oh, yeah, you know, my bad. That's all me. 
uh, yeah, it's whatever. I mean, for Newcastle, the big things were Emil Kraft came in, uh, which people were big mad about, and understandably, uh, Emil Kraft, the last time he played center back against Leicester, um, we lost 5 nothing, or maybe was it 5-1? It been, it, that was 5 nothing. Yeah, so uh, understandable why you would not want Emil Kraft there. Also, no well, well, also I will say, you know, we were – after 1-0, we were uh, Isaac Hayden got a red card, and then we lost five nothing. So I mean, it was still a terrible performance, but we lost five nothing because we were down to ten men, more than likely. Oh yes, but also, I it's not a hot take to be upset. Emil Kraft is playing center back. Yes, it's not upset. It's not a hot take to be upset. Emil Kraft playing. Um, and apparently, I think it was uh, it was Karen Clark was the one that was benched for him, not at a hundred percent. And so that is what Steve Bruce said. Uh, and then Joe Willock obviously coming to the team. But the big news for Leicester was they put out a, a strong lineup, but Johnny Evans got injured in war- warm-ups. And Johnny Evans is like the guy that controls that back line, the back three. And um, they brought on Albrighton to replace him. And people were like, oh, okay, well, they're going to go to a back four because Albrighton's a winger. But no, they just had Albrighton play like <laughs> – they had him play wing back, And Fofana played the – anchored, you know, the back three where – uh, Johnny Evans would have been, um, and then uh, geez, I don't know why I'm I'm blanking. Jeez, uh, but yeah, and, and so like the Leicester back line was just in, in shambles. Uh, yeah, and and it was it was like a I think people thought we were going to move to a back four, they just didn't. And the, I think the biggest thing that I mean everyone sort of point out, you can see it in all the chances and stuff just a lack of communication. They didn't have a sweeper. So when you have that, you play a true back three, like one of those center backs has to like, whoever's in the middle has got to drop a little bit deeper to deal with any potential counterattack. And they did not do that. And so anytime they lost possession, especially, you know, in midfield point, like it's, it's a foot race between Miguel Amaro and Alan St. Maxman, Callum Wilson and Joe Willock versus your three center backs. And you're just you're just not going to win that foot race a lot of the time. And so Newcastle easily were able to get in behind so many times, which is why it felt like, okay, a goal is coming for Newcastle. The issue is whether or not Newcastle can be able to like not concede. That was really my thing was like, I felt like, yeah, a goal would definitely be something that was deserved based on how we came out, based on the chances we had. I was always worried. All right, well, can Newcastle, are they going to sit back or are they going to kind of continue to go on the front foot and try to get another goal? You know, it, it's kind of – it's funny just like, you know, you look at all these different style plays from, like, how they do it in Germany and, like, this my hometown club, the Philadelphia Union, the style that they play. Like, this Newcastle team would fit perfectly into that Red Bull style. We've said this for a while. But, like, now, especially adding Willick to the mold, and then you have the guys, the willingness of the guys like Richie and Paul Dummett and like you, you know, you have these this set of players that like you can see the difference between Newcastle United sitting back and Newcastle United actually attacking and pressing. And we are way better at pressing. It's because we have the pace, we have the energy, and like we're not afraid to do it. So it's like you know, we should totally do this more often. Like this is we this is our advantage with people. It's like yeah, we, we can press, we can like, we can counterattack like the best of them. And I think the big difference between the, the, the streak that we've been on right now is like, it's a lot of it has been on the reliance of Alan St. Maximin in this win. It was, it was a lot of things. It was like one, just pure confidence, but then also Callum Wilson did the thing that Callum Wilson's always been doing. 
making great runs. But this time in this match, he was actually getting the, the service that he needed from those great runs. He was getting the balls put in the play. And that's, that's the difference maker. If we can, if we can connect those dots, we can do a lot this a lot more often with this style of play added to it. Cause Callum's doing this every week, but we just, we're not getting it to him. And that was a big difference today. Like we did not need or that day is we didn't really need to rely on Alan St. Maximin to dominate. We, we could just do it ourselves. We used our pace. We use like that tenacity that we have. Like there's, there's a little bit of a grit with this team. I think anytime you put Matt Ritchie in a starting lineup, there's going to be, um, but there's a little bit of grit. Like there's a little bit like, screw it. Like, let's just go for it. And when they're playing like this, I think they're at their best. They truly are. And the last thing I'll say regarding just kind of overall play, probably the first time I think in, I would say first time since maybe the second or third four four two diamond match, where every player, all 11 players looked comfortable for Newcastle. Like there was not one player that was like, all right, they look out of place or like they look like they're struggling. Like usually even when Newcastle won, like we've met, we've said it the past couple of weeks, Miyamaro has not looked comfortable as a central midfielder like for the past few. I mean, it has not mattered in the grand scheme of things, but it was something that was worth mentioning like to the point where people were like, I don't know if he should start. On, on the and, and of course, Jacob Murphy's had his mo- his moments where he, you know, he's been great offensively, but looks a little bit lost defensively. That Leicester match, every single player looks good. Like, McGowan looked like he played central midfield, like, his whole life. I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know what it was. But, like, he was he was able to kind of, like, he knew when to go forward. He knew when to kind of come back and receive the ball and, like, take yeah. it up the field himself. Like, it was, it was fascinating, and it's weird. And it's also just, like, I mean, it's kind of crazy, like – how versatile certain players have been. Like Isaac Hayden's been a player who's looked comfortable as a right back, as a center back, and as a CDM. And Miguel Marone has now played as a second striker, a cam, a winger, and a central midfielder, and has had at least one good game in each one of those roles, which is absurd. Another area to mention is Lester has one glaring weakness, and it's set pieces. And we took advantage of it. Like, you just don't see Newcastle doing that. Like we actually took advantage of a team's weakness. Like what? <laughs> um, and and that leads to a second goal. And and that's what it is. It was, I mean, barely had to move at all. Um, but uh, Paul Dummett like just pretty much stood in place and was able to power a header past Schmeichel to get that second goal. It was what, 10, 10 to 12 minutes, something like that, past yeah. uh, after the first goal. And it was just like, like <laughs> – it was like a beautifully, like, I mean, it, it actually, I can't tell you, it was a very straightforward set piece goal. Like they bunker, like they, Paul, they, Paul Dunn was like, I'm just going to stay here. None of you are going to take me off the spot and I'm going to yeah. be on the header and I'm going to score. Got, uh, Schmeichel got a hand on it, but wasn't enough. Two nothing Newcastle. Thoughts on that set piece? Like you said, uh, just it, it was almost too easy. It was like yeah. back when uh, you could score corners in FIFA. Like it was like, all right. This is just a ball that's going in, and as long as someone gets on the end of it, it's going to be a goal, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, shout out to, to Dummy. Dummy. Uh, yeah, and that, that was the first half. We we came out the second half, felt felt things out for about 15 minutes, and then Matt Ritchie started working his match again. Matt Ritchie was really involved in this one, so kudos to him. And he played an outstanding ball out of the defense on this one. Uh, on the left-hand side, and uh, Castagne, is that how you say it? 
Kasaya, Kasaya. Yeah. Leicester's a team I just cannot pronounce half of their names. Uh, and it's the it's the opposite of Burnley, who have all the uh, the normal white guy names except for Tarkowski. Yeah. And then <laughs> like uh, it's like oh yeah, this name is so so no-, like Chris Wood. Like oh yeah, easy name. <laughs> and then Lester comes and just messes it up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a beautiful pass right through Castagne, um, and it set up Callum Wilson for a really nice, easy, straightforward goal. Um, he beat Callum Wilson and it was three, nothing. And then Matt Ritchie did the best thing. Like, you know, he's just, he's a lunatic and yes. it's clear and loud as day him yelling um, after Callum Wilson puts that goal away in like, he, he's on, the only person that you can hear at the top of his lungs. And he just yells, yes, I do love playing away. Like in a like very sarcastic sense. Like, let me see. The audio is probably gonna be crap for for the listeners, but I have Wait. to. What we could? I think I can just insert the audio in here. Okay, insert that audio, and it's gonna play right now. Okay. Okay, and it's just hilarious. <laughs> just him, just like. The whole stadium could hear it. Everyone on TV, and he's just taunting Lester <laughs> in their own stadium, like, like, and just saying it sarcastically. Yes, I do love playing away, uh, and it was just so funny. Just Matt Ritchie is a, is a gem. <laughs> he needs to be enshrined just for the things he does and says. Uh, and it, it didn't take long for the next one. Callum Wilson again. It was a beautiful play by Miguel Amaron here. Uh, robbed of an assist there. Yeah, yeah, rod of assist. Um, oh, and, and the Daryl Yanma with the assist on the on the third goal, or second? No, no, the third, the second goal uh, because he was terrible defending uh, against Dummett. So we want to shout out Daryl Yanma for that. <laughs> um, the and then we had. Uh, oh my gosh, I lost my entire track. You're talking about Callum Wilson's fourth goal. Yes. Mickey plays a ball in. Yeah, tell me. He plays a ball in. Oh, Callum, Callum, I mean, takes it. Our post. Hits it. Off the post. Right-footed. Cruel, yeah, right-footed. Off the post. Cruel miss. And I'm and like, then, dang, that's that sucks. Mickey's robbing the assist. And then from, a, like, I think people have to – when it, it's always impressive when a striker scores from an angle that's like, damn near in line with the goal because i feel like people do not realize how hard that is until you like look at the replays like oh yeah no like you have to hit that perfectly like and he did off the rebound first time literally just and then even harder with his left foot yeah like side with the left foot took a couple steps rebounded in from the craziest angle with his left foot uh bofana i mean fofana (laughs) His, did you see his reaction when it went in? He was just like, yeah. "How?" <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah, how? Yeah, <laughs> and that that's a that's a goal I expect. Like when you get a high level striker come to MLS and they score those types of goals, and you're like, "Okay, makes sense." But you rarely see something like that in the Premier League. It's from like an Aguero or a Kane or a Salah. Or I mean, people were like literally after that match. Like there was a a lot of non Newcastle Twitter people that were like, "Callum Wilson." English national team, mm-hmm. Euros. I don't know if that chatter is still going on given what happened, but people are people are asking the questions. 
12 goals in 24-ish appearances. I, I don't want to – don't call me on that. I know it's 12 goals in, like, 20-something appearances and, what, five assists maybe? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, a, that's a solid slash line. That'll play. That'll uh, play. Interesting. So do you remember the championship season? I can't remember what team it was, but we started the match and every single player touched the ball and we scored before – the other team ever yes. had possession of the. Of I remember the ball. that. Yeah, yeah. I don't that's know. Was what, that like Huddersfield? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, it was right on at kickoff. That's what happened in this fourth goal. Yeah, so yeah. It, the entire team. It started with Federico Fernandez taking possession outside of our box, and then passed it back to Dubrovka, and then literally every single player touched the ball. Uh, with Callum Wilson ended it to finish. So that was our our next. Um, uh, version of that so we just bodied lester uh then there was uh we can just quickly talk about the little siege that lester had they had two goals in seven minutes one uh, it was a luke thomas cross uh that was helped on by jamie vardy to mark albrighton who blasted the ball into the roof of the net uh, that was his first goal since 2018 and then uh seven minutes later Inacio, Inacio, Inacio. See, I, I, do it. I, can't. I don't know what it is with this team. Kyle and I like, It's like A O Z Pires. Um, like had a pass <laughs> to that guy in Iniacho. <clears throat> and uh to the edge of <laughs> it was it was a low shot, like near post. Dummit or Richie were close enough to like do anything with it, which is their mistake, their fault. And like Federico Fernandez, I don't know what that like. He was just worried about hiding his arms away, I guess. Like he made no attempt, um, and it was two not two to two goals for Leicester pretty quickly. But good thing we scored four. By the way, that was like Ayanacho's like ninth ninth goal in like eleven matches or something like yeah, that. He, he was, was on an absurd run. So like again, he was one of those where yeah, for the Nigeria national team. Like I was just saying, like I don't know if that was a debate that was going on. It's like, <laughs> are gonna take that it's like, oh, uh, Pulisic for the U.S. Men's National Team. <laughs> people, people are wondering, would it make sense? I was thinking <laughs> Messi might make the Argentina squad this year. Yeah, uh, I do want to real quick because I saw this and I, I want to point this out um, because a lot of people have brought this up and just ha- by watching how Newcastle have defended. Um, I want to point out that there's a lot of people like, oh, we never close down on crosses. Yes, we don't. But the reason is like Newcastle are intentionally just packing the middle to make it as frustrating as possible for teams to get anything through the middle, which again, it, it works like you're, it's kind of what Tottenham did to us, except for we Newcastle low key have done it better. So like when their back five is out there, like you don't really see them closing down on crosses because they just load the box and just hope that they they have a numbers game. They have like, all right, we've got four guys in the box to your two. We should be able to deal with it. And honestly, eight times out of 10, it works. Like you see a lot of clearances out of the box from Newcastle defenders, a lot of clearances off the goal line. That reason is alone. everyone's already positioned in the box in order to, to deal with the ball. But when it doesn't happen, it just, it's, it just looks bad. And that's what happened essentially with both of those goals. So it's something to, to sort out. Hopefully it gets sorted over the next couple of days. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was exciting. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll go to quotes. Steve Bruce said, absolutely <laughs> pleasing, especially in the first half. 
Some of the counterattacking was excellent. Delighted with the win. Uh, we, we said before the game, Joe Willock has forced his way into the team by what he has done as a sub. He's really a smashing young player. We knew coming in here, we needed our goalkeeper playing well and the team playing well. We made it a bit, we made it a bit hairy towards the end. We were not safe, which, by the way, we were safe. Uh, but at this time, we weren't um, for the Premier League. But you can't take it for granted. We're almost there. Until it is done, we have to get ready for the next challenge. Fair quote. Uh, and he said, uh, <laughs> we could just not see it through at 4-0. It would not be Newcastle otherwise. But I'm really pleased. My staff and uh, my staff have worked tirelessly to make sure we got to this position. We have turned it around at the right time. I just love that quote because, like, ah, oh, dang, like, we're just Newcastle, so there's no way we could have won a game four nothing. We would have had to have given up those two goals late there. But it's, it's not anything about us. It's just the fact that it's the club, and like that's not never going to change, no matter who's the manager. Yeah, it's not. It's not the manager who is responsible for the tactics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so not not the manager. It, it... Yeah. When uh, when he was asked about Joe Willick, he said he's enjoying his football. We've taken the reins off him and let him run forward, and that was probably what we didn't have enough of in January, that forward running midfielder who likes to score. We'd love to keep him here. He has a big future. Does, uh, does Steve Bruce listen to the podcast? Cause I feel like that's something that we've, we've said. And I've for, said, yeah. Yeah. yeah for I've a long time. A few times. You actually, I'm pretty sure you actually specifically said Joe Willick would be a guy that would be a perfect fit at Newcastle for that. Those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're hitting it right on the head, Elijah. I appreciate that. Uh, all right. Uh, um, Going to stats, let's talk about Joe Willick. It's his fourth consecutive Premier League appearance with his fourth consecutive Premier League goal. That's pretty good. He's the first Newcastle United player to achieve that since. Are you asking me? Uh, Cissé? Yeah, got it. Bang. Since Papi Cissé in 2012. Uh, who went on, do you know how many games that he scored? Seven. Oh, you're close. Six. Um, so he has uh, – Willick has five goals for Newcastle, four straight. Um, speaking of the number four, that was Paul Dummett's fourth goal for Newcastle United. Uh, over it – was, it was five years after his third goal, uh, <laughs> which was against Manchester United in 2016. Uh, yeah, Paul Dummett has scored against Manchester United <laughs> – uh, uh, the other was it was his third Premier League goal again. It was against Liverpool in October of 2013, was his last Premier League goal. Um, Callum Wilson got 12 on the season, as we mentioned, all in the Premier League, uh, and all in the second half of every game. <laughs> yeah, um, it's his best top flight like goal scoring record is 14. Um, which he did for Burmouth in 2018-19. Um, and they were they were those I checked, so those seasons were very evenly distributed. So scored in like all minutes, but Newcastle's just only the end of the games. I wonder, Elijah, four games, three games left. Uh, can he get two more? Your prediction right now. Can he at least <laughs> you're, you're an absolute ass for asking this question. Why? He's out for the season. Oh my gosh! I I actually knew that and still ask. I thought you knew that when you said he finished. He finished with twelve goals. I was like, yeah, I mean that's it. He's gonna have twelve goals this season. Like, that's it. 
Yeah, well, my bad. Uh, anyway. <laughs> okay, never. I take back my comment. I thought you were doing that on purpose to like be a dick and like, oh yeah, hey, by the way, Cal, like it was good while we had him. Like he's done for the season. Uh, <laughs> no, that's just how my my cynical mind thinks, not you. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, we have uh, so we have <clears throat> we have forty goals this season, Newcastle. Three games remaining, uh, and that's two more goals than we managed all of last season. So. Good start there. And then we scored 18 goals in 18 away matches this season. So we needed four to, to match the amount of matches that we've played. Uh, and that's matching our total for each of the three Premier League seasons. We've net in each of the last three Premier League seasons, we've not scored more than 18 away goals. Um, so uh, our final day, our final away matches against Fulham. So could maybe break that finally. Uh, so we beat West Ham, Crystal Palace, Everton, Burnley. Um, we now have won away for for the fifth time this season, which is matches our last year's total. Um, and unlike the one difference between this match versus all the others, we scored in the first half. And I'm, I already did the the last stat I had was about the four goals. In the game. Oh, uh, I don't think Martin Dubrovka, 100 matches for the club. Um, he debuted uh, in a 1 0. I remember that win so much. A 1 0 win over Manchester United was his debut, and he had a baller game. We're like, yo, how did, where did Rafa find this dude? Um, he's made 98 starts in the Premier League, two in the FA Cup. And Leicester have lost eight home matches in the Premier League this season, which is one more than Newcastle. So crazy to think that they are in the Champions League place, but they've lost more home matches than we have. Mm. Yeah. Um, and we uh, it was the first it's like, time. Uh, Arsenal's like that. Yeah. Like probably. Arsenal and Leicester are very similar where Arsenal home matches this season, they've just been putrid, but yeah. have had, again, today, world beaters on the road. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, – it was our first time scoring four goals against Leicester since December of 1990. There we go. Uh, okay, going to some more stats. We had XG. XG is fun. Uh, we had – it's actually very close, the XG. Um, so Newcastle had 2.87 expected goals to Leicester's 2.31. So that's showing like a 3-2 to two win probably should have been for Newcastle. We'll take 4-2. And then, uh, Elijah, any guess on who led on expected goals? This probably – this could be the highest XG of the season. Callum Wilson. Yeah, Callum Wilson. 1.43 was his expected goal number. And then the expected assist number uh, went to the same man, Callum Wilson, at 0.61. So we know who Greg Troxell is going to be picking for man match. <laughs> um Going to some stats, uh, Newcastle had 53% of the chances. Uh, we had uh, we were way down on shots compared to Leicester. Leicester had 25 shots to our 14, they had nine on target to our six, and they had nine passes within 20 yards of goal to our three. So they won on all of those things, but we were just more clinical when it mattered. PBTEA, Leicester, really good 4.79, ours average, uh, a little below average, 16.28. Um, and expected points, Newcastle's 1.8 to Leicester's 1. So 
could have gone either way, a draw or a win for Newcastle. Luckily, we got the win there. And then last thing to cover, man in the match. Elijah, who you got? Martin Dubrovka. Doobie. Yeah, I mean, that's a good call. And he we haven't talked about him in this, but, I mean, he had a day. Your boy had a day. Um, he and, and also, so he's had a little struggle time to time with distribution, almost 75% pass completion rate in this match. So that's what you want to see from a goalie. Um, for me, it's Callum, five shots, three on target, two of them goals, like clinical striker performance. Uh, and I think it's about time that he finally got like the service that he deserves. Uh, he really had to work for it this year. Uh, so 538 lists all the players that uh, got a seven or higher. And those players were seven of them. Federico Fernandez, Martin Dubravka, Matt Ritchie, Alan St. Maximin, Paul Dummett, Joe Willick, and with an 8.83, Mr. Callum Wilson. Uh, really good, really good match for the tune. We are safe. We're happy about it. Uh, let's take a break and let's get into some news. And we'll do that right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels, home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. You ready for some news, Elijah? Sure. Good, good. Uh, you seem pumped. Uh, the first thing we got to talk about has to be the takeover updates, the HRMC updates for... Mr. Mike Ashley. Uh, so, what has happened? Which, which I want to say, both not they're not the same. Like, oh. it just happened to work out like this. Like yeah. the HRMC was a concern for potential buyers, um, but like that obviously wasn't the case with the Saudi group. They they didn't care, and no. Ashley beat the case. <laughs> um. <laughs> Mike Ashley said, uh, well, this is a statement from Newcastle. They said, HMRC has today given formal confirmation that it is discontinuing the four-year-long criminal investigation into the tax treatment of agents, players, payments involving Newcastle United Football Club. Uh, And if you remember when it happened, like Lee Charlie's home was raided and he was put in custody and he was released without charge. Um, but so they've ended it with no charges. Uh, and Mike actually released a statement saying after four years of the club being subjected to this investigation, I'm now pleased that the criminal investigation has now been discontinued. It is now time for the dark forces that are preventing this football club from becoming the powerhouse that the fans deserve to step aside. Um, do you have, uh, the, would you want to break that one down? What, what does he mean by that? The dark forces. It sounds like he's uh he's in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, could be. Could could totally be. The dark forces are uh Voldemort. That would that's who he's referring to. Um, but he's clearly coming to Premier League, and at this point, you have to at least admit that uh Mike Ashley wants to sell the club. Like, I think that that whole and that's something that, again, that's been 
brought up and debated, like, does he really want to sell the club? And I, of course, I've been in the boat, the boat of uh, pretty much once he got an agreement with the Saudis, knowing how much money they had. I said this from the beginning. I was like, he wants to sell to this because he knows he's going to get all of his money up front. Like, that's what he wants. He says, oh, I'm fine with payments and all that. He wants his money up front. Um, I was like, I'm, I think he wants to sell the club, but this is just confirmation. Like he's he's had this very public and ugly vendetta against the Premier League, like since the the, the takeover collapsed. That honestly makes it so that even if this deal doesn't go through, it would be really hard for Mike Ashley to remain an owner in the, in the Premier League, just with how much public messy beef he's had with Richard Masters. Like it's just it's just not a good look. And so he would have to sell eventually to someone. But I mean, yeah, uh he he's subtweeting the Premier League here or substating, yeah. I guess. Yeah, he's certainly not talking about HMRC as the dark forces, right? So uh the other part of the news is um it also brought a notice from the competition appeal tribunal that the club submitted a claim against the Premier League under the Competition Act of 1998. So uh, Newcastle United are essentially saying here that the Premier League failed to adhere to rules when blocking the proposed takeover in 2020. Uh, they're seeking damages, interest, cost, and injunction requiring the Premier League withdraw and reconsider of their decision to refuse to take over. So apparently this could get kind of messy. Like this injunction could bring forth the emails of those top six clubs. It could bring in all the information that those top, like nobody wants to be released except for like the club, like except really except for Newcastle. I don't know if any club in the premier league wants, maybe, maybe you could see like Burnley and Brighton be like, yeah, release that stuff. Like, um, but like outside of the minority, uh, it could bring a lot of those that, those documents to light. So really, you, know, you, you, you say minority, but let's be real. I mean, the big six screwed over everyone uh, yeah. earlier with European Super League. I don't think that they're liked well. And in all fairness, their punishment has been a slap on the wrist. I mean, yeah, they withdrew from the European Super League, not really because they wanted to, but because it was a terrible PR move. And the what they're going to get is like a fine. And that's it. Like no, no, no transfer ban, no suspensions of anyone. No, not even like a, a, a like a legitimate like you need to release a state. Nothing. Just a just literally they're getting fined like a couple hundred thousand dollars. And so I'm sure that I don't know. It, it's eh, yeah. I would. I mean, that's the that's the the big takeaway here. And again, Greg, I don't know if you have any any sort of actual takeaway regarding the, like, how does this relate to the takeover? Because I think you can spin it both ways. You can go the Luke Edwards route and just claim that this is a fear move. And Mike Ashley's doing this because he thinks he's going to lose arbitration and really feels like they've got a case, blah, blah, blah. Or you can go like the opposite end of the spectrum and say, like, he's doing this because he knows he's got something on the Premier League or blah, blah, blah. Either way, I'm reading through the line between the lines and I'm just thinking Mike Ashley's doing whatever he can possibly do to push this takeover through that. That's all I like. I don't, I don't think there's any sort of like legitimate leverage that he may have, or like he could have an idea. Like, like you said, Greg, everyone goes in the court thinking they'll win. So sure. Like he's probably convinced that he has some sort of case or that things will be revealed. But it's not like – I don't think it's as set in stone as he may think it is or that Newcastle fans may think it is. I think it's just like 
you go through every single option until something works in your favor or you get something back from it. Uh, yeah. Whether it, I mean, because right now all he's done is really just go through arbitration. Uh, that's it. So this would be a logical next step yeah. is to go to court with the Premier League. I, I, I think it's, it could be easy to say it's a fear tactic, but I would also say like, we know a lot about Mike Ashley's spending and he only spends money on acquiring failing businesses. He does not spend money on legal battles that he does not need to be in. So I, I think there, there is something now I, with the arbitration case, I didn't think that we would win that Newcastle would win from the beginning, but Clearly, Mike Ashley does, and and Mike Ashley knows way more about the case than I do, right? So he knows a lot more than any of us. So he's feeling that he has a case, and he's feeling it's worth his money to spend to to make sure he does win it. So I, I don't think he's going to to do it just for show. Like he does not spend money willingly. So there there is something that makes me say like, okay, he has something. Whether I think he's going to win or not, I don't know. But he he has a belief that something he was done wrong in some way, shape, or form here. And, and and let's be real, the amount of money you spend in court is is pennies compared to the potential return. So yeah. you go through every outlet possible to make sure that uh, that like you do whatever it takes to get anything that could sway a decision in your favor. Because, yeah, sure, it may cost 15 mil. I don't know if that feels high, but let's say it costs 10 mil for all this legal stuff, fees and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you spend 10 mil to potentially get 300 mil. I feel like feel like I'd spend the 10 mil if I know that there's like a 25% chance I can get 300 mil. Yep. Yep. Um, so we have some odds and ends to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, one odds and end I'm going to start with is, do you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, let's do bad news. The U23s finished last place in PL2. Um, thoughts, thoughts and prayers. Uh, so it's a huge turnaround. If you remember last year, Sunderland had a single point and finished in last place. Sunderland is getting promoted. Their academies got way better. Newcastle's took the place of Sunderland. Um, and if you need a reminder, I think we should at least say the reminder. Uh, Sunderland is a League One club, uh, and their academy just got promoted over ours. So uh, we're in dead last. Uh, we had the same amount of points that we we had 25 points through 24 games. We had 25 points last season, but there, we only played 18 before the season was canceled. So significant drop off there, finishing bottom. Luckily, there's no relegation or we would have been out of like top academy status. Um, so we're really lucky there. It, yeah, something's got, I mean, this is bad. They're <laughs> like terrible, terrible side. Uh, so those, all those people saying like, yeah, 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 let's get Elliot Anderson on the side. Like he's doing well on probably one of the worst academies in England. Uh, so people saying that he'll be a championship player. He's, he's not going to be. And that's why I said, I've said on this podcast, uh, he's probably due for a league two loan. So let's set, settle those expectations. Uh, the good news is the U18s. It started bad. They were down two nothing to Sunderland in a little derby for them. Uh, they scored four goals in the second half in quick succession to go up 4-2. And Sunderland got another one, but they were able to hold on a nice 4-3 win for them. Uh, so congrats to the homies, the U18s. And 
it was their third straight win at home, which is their best run of form since 20, 2018. So good for them. And then let's talk about Freddie Woodman. Elijah, what you got? He's won the Golden Glove. Yeah. He's so. done well enough that all the other goalkeepers in his league did not do better than. <laughs> it's, it's it's honestly a bit insane. Uh, and again, uh, we, we talked about this months ago, uh, so we don't need to hash out a discussion, but like, like I'm sure when we, we talk about kind of season ending pod and what that looks like, it'll, it'll just kind of have to be a discussion between you've got three keepers that all could start and you got to get it. You got to get rid of at least one of them. And so it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. And obviously Again, it's a conversation that we should have after the season because Swansea are in the playoff, I believe. Yes. Thing. I think it's them, Barnsley, Burnmouth, and someone else, I want to say. It is. Did you get them all right? Yeah, you got them all right. I, I didn't say the fourth team. Oh, well, you, the, the teams you selected are all at the playoff, though. The fourth yeah, team yeah. is. Jeez, gosh. Um, Brentford? No, they're in the automatic promo place. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no you're, it's right, Brentford. you're right. You're right. You're no, right. Because the automatic team from Norwich and uh, Watford. Yeah, Brentford. It's Brentford and That's Watford. And Brentford. So, yeah. By the way, any of those teams, I'm, I'm maybe not Barnsley or Swansea. I'm not feeling, but I'm feeling nervous if I'm Newcastle about Brentford or Bournemouth coming up to the Prem next year. Um. Yeah. They're, they're better run clubs than Newcastle. That's actually that's legit. That's that's the only reason. Like, I mean, you just trust that with an influx of cash, Brentford probably can make a splash signing or two that could help them out. Again, there's a lot of holes to fill, but that's a whole other situation. Um, and maybe they just take one for the team and go back down. But again, they'd have to win in the first place. But if Swansea, for example, uh, make it up to the prem. I could see a world where Freddie Woodman gets sold to them. I prefer Freddie Woodman to not get sold, but again, anything's possible. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Freddie for the uh, Golden Club. And yeah. I guess on that note, uh, we can just say Premier League is pretty much set for next season. No, um, it well, it's it's not because the playoff has to happen. So we have one more team coming up. Oh, oh, I mean, like, okay, the teams that are up are staying up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we know. So, like, from the Premier League, from from the Prem, we know who's getting relegated. West Brom lost Sunday. Fulham lost Monday. Um, and so both of them that confirmed their fate. Uh, Sam Allardyce, who first you know, time, first time he's been relegated, which is a bit shocking, but also kind of just like it's kind of wild because it's kind of the reason why teams keep hiring him is because he, he does escape relegation. Even if it's the worst looking possible football, you can imagine he, he escapes it usually, but he was coming in a really tough situation at West Brom. They were, when he took over, they were, they were not anywhere near close and they almost had a shot. Uh, and then of course we already know about Sheffield. Um, and, and from uh, the championship, we know Watford and Norwich are coming up. Um, and both of those teams were getting parachute payments, I believe. And because like, it's this weird rule where like the teams that get parachute payments, like they stop now that they're back in the prem, it's not a weird rule. It makes sense. So uh, that put money back into the pockets of a lot of early teams. 
so that's that's cool i guess i don't know but yeah so there's that and then of course like we said those four teams you mentioned earlier one of those four will be in the prime and we'll probably we'll know by what i guess next week's episode yeah yep or close well well no the week after something like that yeah because I'm guessing that they play the playoff games this weekend and then – oh, I don't know because they have two legs. I don't remember. I don't know. We never had to be in the championship playoffs, so. Wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, what about Bruce and Alan Tate Maximin? They, they've had a good week. Yeah, nominated for uh, Premier League Manager of the Month, Steve Bruce, which before <laughs> – before the, I mean, he had a, a decent case for it before the Arsenal match, especially uh, just some insane results that he pulled off, uh, especially comparative to everyone else. I will compare to everyone else. I mean, he just like damn near made it so that Newcastle needed legit one win in May to secure safety. One win of pretty much any kind in May to secure safety. Uh, and I don't know. It's worth noting. I mean, I don't think Newcastle fans are going to vote for him now, given everything he's kind of said after this past match. But it's cool. And Alan Steve Maxman, uh, Premier League Player of the Month, despite honestly only having a goal and assist in April, but just being influential, I guess, has given him the opportunity when to be Player of the Month. And in fairness, they nominate like eight players for Player of the Month. So like, if you do anything in a month, you like score or assist you're probably going to get nominated um and so he did both i don't think i don't think either one of them will win but it's cool yeah yeah it's cool let's go to the bs meter yeah uh so real quick just um one one update so we've we've asked about christopher i hear i hear air air i don't know how to say we we talked about him i don't know but yeah, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and he's a Norwegian uh, player. He's at Celtic right now. Uh, and he's a mainstay for them. Captain, young dude, just a beast. Uh, 6'6", absolute unit. He he looks like he he's going to leave Celtic this summer. And, uh, like, there's been reports that he's literally has mentioned going to Newcastle. So I want to reapproach this now that we know that the player is actually looking to leave Celtic. Newcastle's a team that is on his list. Um, there are other teams that have shown interest, but it seems like right now Newcastle, one of the more heavily interested teams. It, what's the BS level on this? The the BS lev- level, I, you know, I think it's very low. I think we're talking like. Um, Little diaper, like Newcastle will be safe in the Premier League next season. Type level. You think Newcastle will be safe next year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. I think Brighton's going to go down next year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's there's our way too early takes for yeah, next season. <laughs> Uh, other player that we're linked to, uh, Gail Kakuda. Um, he's a forward. Um, many, um, I guess, Premier League uh, fans might recognize him. Former Chelsea uh, Academy sort of starlet. Not, um, maybe people, with, not Academy, but just a Chelsea sort of starlet. 
Um, yeah, he was in their academy. Uh, some might say it was a flop. I guess you could say it was a flop at Chelsea. But again, Chelsea notoriously loaned everyone out. So, um, but he's found his footing in the in the Prem. Uh, he was at Omiel. Is that how you say that? Omiel. Yeah. Uh, so far this season, eleven goals, five assists. Plays as a cam, attacking midfielder on either side. Um, linked to Newcastle, has had a pretty good um, season. An interesting uh, link, uh, especially because one, he just joined Omiel last season, and two. He's 29. Um, so it's an interesting one because I could see uh, one Newcastle being interested in this player because they are always fine, fine to add attacking talent for cheap. And two, I could see this player wanting to make a return to a quote bigger league. Um, but I don't know if I'm a hundred percent buying this, uh, this one right here, Greg, I do think it's a little bit of agent speak. I don't know what you think. I don't know. I, I'm I'm really torn on this. I I uh, I think it's because like I don't really like I always get jaded by that like thinking like about talking about agent speak like I always like miss it until it's like oh yeah that's probably agent speak and now that you bring that up it really like messes with my mind. Yeah, and there was like one quote that was saying like it was so weird. It was like an article that was like um, he's not letting Newcastle talk distract him like anytime you see like that where it's like yeah this player is not he's not gonna let newcastle distract him from like finishing this season or by the way it's not like amia are like pushing for champions league like season's pretty much you know set in stone in uh yeah. league right now so i mean it doesn't matter it's there's three games left uh so yeah it's it's a weird one i'm gonna say it's like a dump truck full of bs because <laughs> i just i it's it's tough i mean it's a tough situation older player just joined the club last year in june so like for him to leave it again yeah. not completely out of the realm of possibility i don't know how long his contract uh, actually runs through i can i guess i could look that up but i don't really care that much but i mean i just i don't know it just it'd be an interesting uh oh wait well he signed a one-year – it looks like it was a loan to buy from Lens. Yeah. No, wait. Huh. Yeah. It's a lo- it was a loan from Lens to Amiens with an option to buy. So that changes things a little bit because he could technically stay with Amiens or he could just leave. Uh, it yeah. doesn't make a, a difference. Anyway, um, yeah. All right. We'll do the last one because – we still got to do a quick little preview. Um, Evan Goosung. Wow. I couldn't even say it. Evan Goosung. Uh, nice youngster. Uh, he's at – man, this, this is, this is going to be an interesting one. So um, he was out of the Nice Academy. Um, he loan, he's been loaned out to uh, Lausanne Sport in uh, Switzerland, seven goals, five assists as a striker, as a center forward, 19 years of age, very, very random link that just popped up today. Um, actually, one of our, our good buddies, Abhinav, wrote about this on the site. Um, seems like there's a couple Premier League clubs tracking him all around the same price point at, uh, as Newcastle. Um, we're talking like uh, Watford and uh, Brighton and, you know, Southampton, all 
tracking with this this youngster, potentially thinking about giving him, you know, an, an opportunity to make 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 the jump to the prem. Six feet tall, pacey, strong, has the physical tools that you would want out of a Premier League striker. So does Joel Linton. Want to point that out. Doesn't mean he will be successful in the prem. I would not put money on it. Um, but is Newcastle interested in this player? What do you think? I think it's a brown paper bag full of BS on fire at your front door. It's like not enough to like really like ruin your day. It's just a little bit of annoying, a bit of BS, because there's one little piece of hope, and it's Yannick Torre, who's Swiss uh, in our academy. Uh, could be a connection there. I don't know how close they are. But, well, no, I would say the bigger connection is probably Alan St. Maxman. Oh, who's and, from Nice. Like he's and, at, he was at Nice. I don't, is this, uh, is, I don't, he's not Swiss. He's just playing in the Swiss league. Oh, never he's mind. He's French. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's literally born in Nice in their academy. So the, the connection there is, yeah. The connection there is, would be ASM, uh, who okay. no, notably, my face point still stands. no, yeah, I know it makes sense. ASM, who know who you know, and his Brick Lane friend. Yes, Brick Lane friend. Yeah, exactly. Two Nice Academy players, and that is a valid point. Uh, anyone who's a friend of ASM seems to you know at least get a youth team deal at Newcastle. So, um, but but I, ASM, of course, you, you know, want to pull in the big guns to recruit. You know, who he uh, FaceTimed Sumare. And uh, showed him around the uh, Newcastle uh, facilities, and Samare has now signed for Leicester uh, this season. Um, oh. Of course, makes perfect sense. They just spent you know seventy five mil on a brand new training facility that opened up last season. So yeah, um, yeah, I understand why he did not choose Newcastle, even though Newcastle have come to an agreement with this club for like two years now. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another break, and then we're going to preview our upcoming match this Friday against Manchester City, and we're going to do that right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Alrighty, we have Newcastle United, Premier League champions Man City coming into the tune. Uh, it's kind of curious to see what's going to happen with this one. Uh, it looks like Man City will have, I mean, I think every, everybody's healthy in Man City. So who knows who they're going to play, but they have no injuries. Like they're all back. Uh, but for us, obviously, we'll have a few things. Callum Wilson's done for the year. Ryan Fraser will be out. Darlo out. LaSalle's out. Hayden out. Fabian Chair still suspended. Um, so, uh, Elijah, take us away. Let us know. Let us know what's going to happen here. I think a similar lineup to uh, what we what we had. Um, maybe not Emil Kraft. Maybe Clarence Clark. Seems like Emil Kraft was a spot start. Uh, and Probably Joel Linton up top. I, you know, flip a coin between Joel Linton and Gale uh, for for who starts alongside ASM. I just, I mean, 
And I think it'd be a bit rude to – I don't know. We could see some rotation in midfield. Maybe Matty Longstaff plays uh, with Sean alongside Shelby. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, uh, you're yeah, like you said, you're already safe. Newcastle te- seem to taper off at the end of the year. Steve Bruce, we already know, is going to play a rotated side against Fulham. He did the same thing last year. Just anyone and everyone who just did not get enough playing time they get to play. So I, it's, it's, I don't know. I think it'll be a similar lineup. Um, maybe shut ASM down uh, after Sheffield, let him play in front of the fans, but don't play him against Fulham. No, no reason to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So is there any possible way that Newcastle can do something and win this match? I mean, if they, if they like, again, there's nothing to lose here. So approach that match, the man city match, the uh, same way you approach Leicester. And, I mean, sure, maybe you can make a result. Again, nothing to lose here. You are already safe. So you don't need to play any sort of, you know, play for it, uh, any sort of result. You're now talking just about how much prize money will you get at the end of the year. And you're like, all right, well, it's $40 million if I get to – it's $40 more million if we get to 14th, but – the players aren't going to see any of that. See, Bruce is not going to see any of that. So it just do whatever you want. Like have fun out there, you know, get some more in slices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think Newcastle. So there is a chance they can win this one. If just Manchester city don't care, but the quality, I mean, we know how the quality of city is. It's just better. And I think they've won. Uh, ooh, I think their last, their last 10 matches at Newcastle, I think they've won uh, Man City. So uh, if it would be, it have to be a situation like a bunker, like a Rafa Benitez bunker style thing to get us to win. I think if we played like we did against Leicester, we might score, but we probably still end up losing. That stat can't be right. What? Last 10 matches, they've won at Newcastle. Um, hang on. Because the the uh, sit-in v. City, the the acclaimed sit-in versus City, that didn't happen because Newcastle won two one. Mm. And that was the the day we signed Megamaron. Oh, it's their last four matches. I just I'm pulling it up now. Oh, so all just the Bruce matches. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so since Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we'll go to predictions. Uh, I'm going to say 2-0 City. What do you got, Elijah? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see something fun. So let's just 2-2 draw. Why not? I, I do think City will rotate. And I think that they will play some players that are like, you know, not academy, but like the, they're fringe bench players. And just maybe due to match, just not not having played enough, like just won't be as sharp. I could see that happening. That's happened before where we've looked decent against City because, you know, they've got a spot start at center back or something like that. And you know, it doesn't usually result in a win for Newcastle, but it does at least keep it a little bit more interesting than what we thought it would be. So, sure, why not? I'm just balls to the walls for the rest of the uh, season. I'm throwing out ridiculous results because <laughs> – I don't know what's going to happen. Like, who cares? Yeah. Well, uh, we are going to uh, – well, last thing is just 538. 
They said that Man City have a 56% chance to win, 22% chance to win for Newcastle, 22% chance of a draw. Um, no surprise to see that. So uh, we will close this one out then, Elijah. This is episode 176 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That's the best damn coast in the land, Elijah Newsome. And let's get three points on Friday. We'll see you later and away the lads. Love you guys. If I make a few quick bob, it's cold up there in summer. It's like sitting inside a fridge. But I wish I was on the case side, looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're forty and we're hard to understand, and they say it's just self-pity. And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of the river Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing hitting how we I'm coming home, Newcastle. I may as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dog in St. James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home.